Well, as we've been doing a series of interviews at Proclaim 18, the 2018 edition of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention here in Nashville, Tennessee, getting opportunity to meet some great folks and uh, do interviews in some interesting places. Right now, we're actually in the exhibition hall. I'm inside a travel bus. See these big over-the-road campers, and you know, you, you see them all the time, people driving down the interstate in these real nice buses. I saw painted on the outside of the bus, Pray for pastors. Pray we, for your pastor. Well, pray for your pastor, and that's something so important. Of course, at Bot Radio Network, we believe in the local church. Our ministry is to help support the work of the local church, to help disciple the people of God, getting the Word of God into the people of God. That's what we say. Our area pastors are so, so important, and we encourage them. Matter of fact, many of you know that I host a program called Pastors Forum. So I interview a different pastor each week, and on Sundays, 12.45 and 7.15 p.m. You can hear that interview for part one, and then part two airs the following Sunday at the same time. But today, Energize Ministries, we have Andy Bowersox. Andy is the founder, executive director. Give me your backstory here, Andy. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure when we get to help minister through the radio to the parishioners. But yeah, the, the main of our ministry is Energized Ministries. I am one of the co-founders of it. We're about eight years old. Honestly, Byron, when the Lord sort of called us to do this, I had no idea why. I don't have a, a vocational ministry background, but one of the pastors from my home church, well, I'll, I'll just tell you, I have a recreational background. I am the energizer bunny at the core. I like to have fun. I like to make sure other people are having fun. So the way we got started, there was a pastor from my home church that I just invited to come over for to hang out with us in the afternoon. He's, he's the children's pastor. I have three kids, so he's their pastor. This particular guy has seven children, six girls, one son. Him and his son never get to do guy-type stuff. And so I just invited him to come over for a day of recreation. We rode some ATVs. We made a campfire. And it was just kind of hangout time. But it happened to be at sort of a critical point in his life when he just needed some what we say, unencumbered recreation. After that was over, he kept calling me, and he said, Andy, you know, I really needed that. And he said, I really feel like the Lord wants me to help you start a ministry to do what you do for other pastors. And I said, well, what is it I do exactly? Like, I'm just kind of a screwball. We like to have fun. But he said, well, will you, will you at least to commit to praying about this with me over the next month or so, and let's see what happens. And honestly, Byron, that was the beginning of the most difficult, greatest adventure of my life. We started praying, and, and, and I always tell people I started tripping through doors that seemed like God was opening up for this. Never did I imagine we would lead into what was now becoming a national prayer ministry for pastors, but that's really the beginning of how it got started right there. Andy, and I was just thinking how pastors, what they do for us, and the need to be encouraged. So much emphasis, of course, placed on ministry, doing ministry, engaging ministry. But the Bible talks about a rest and a need to rest, a need to pull away to be refreshed, uh, refreshed in our spirit. You know, just have some time alone. You know, I mean, even Jesus in public ministry had periods where he pulled away. The Bible is very clear about that. Yeah. So there's a hundred ways that this interview could go in the different areas that we focus on. But we started as a recreational ministry, just like I told you, okay? And it was all about one, two, and three-day retreats. And then as we sort of stumbled and, and grew a little bit, we realized, you know what? There is a real rhythm of Sabbath, okay? So we talk a lot about Sabbath retreats. 
why God created us that way, okay? There's a lot of people think, oh, I don't need recreation time. I don't need to be taking a break. But that's not true. It's vital, okay? Even in the general mainstream world, there's a reason that we spend billions of dollars on parks and recreation here because we know people need to take a break to unwind. We talk about uh, a change of pace equals a change of perspective a lot. And but, so, yeah, but on the flip side of that, too, you know, in society, we become over-recreationized, too. Very, very true. You know, and work ethic is not necessarily always admired and lifted up. People wanting a shorter work week and more playtime. Very, very true. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we, we like the work hard, play hard. But, but in ministry... Ministry is, is a it's very taxing. Okay, we're we are believers in the in those spiritual warfare, the battles that happen around us, and the physical manifestations of that that show up. Hey, would you stop there for one second? Yeah, sure. And, and I'm not a preacher. I don't pastor a church, but I remember when I was in Bible college, a pastor friend offered me the opportunity to preach in his church one Sunday morning. Of course, this was my first time to preach, and I thought, well, I've got to really study, which I did. I got to really pray, and I did. I just really prepared for this. And I remember that Sunday when I shared, and I don't know how long the message lasted, maybe 20 minutes, I had never been more tired physically. I mean, just worn out where I didn't even want lunch. I wanted to go to bed. And I had, remember working one summer with my, uh, my uncle in the hay fields, putting hay bales on trailers and loading them in the barn. And I don't ever remember working harder or feeling more exhausted after that. And I was thinking, you know, there's something more taxing, you know, because you're entering in a spiritual realm, too, of forces working against you. And I'm sure a pastor feels that in the pulpit. You'll have to give me a few minutes to tell some stories here, okay, about that. But we do believe that we're spiritual creatures, okay? And you, as you know, Byron, you know, leadership at any level will invoke the criticism of some, right? Across the board. Leadership in the spiritual realm invokes an all-out attack against anybody or anything that is advancing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The way that shows up is different for you, for me. You know, what does the Bible tell us? Our enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, okay? And what that means is our enemy studies, okay, studies us and looks for cracks, looks for ways to wear us down. And so in our leadership, unfortunately, the, the statistics are out there that, that the majority of our pastors and leadership suffer from discouragement, some isolation, even depression issues. But that's often a, a silent thing. It's not seen because nobody wants that to be the case. And the reason our ministry, Energized Ministries, is here is because if you look, look, at, look in the secular world, okay, corporate America understands this. We want our CEOs to be vibrant, to be casting vision, to be propelling, you know, especially if we invest in a particular company, to be propelling it forward and increasing the bottom line. In the spiritual world, there's sort of a, a stigma out there that, that our ministry addresses, and even through interviews like this, to say, you know what, your pastors do a lot more than just work from 9 to 12 on Sunday, okay? Yeah. There's a lot going on back there. We often set impossible expectations that we want to help bring awareness to and create and say, you know, we need to, re- to pour back into these guys. And the reason for that is, is what if we could turn that tide where the majority of our leadership that feels discouraged, what if we could create this vibrant and affirming and encouraging atmosphere, then ultimately how much more effective would all of our acts of Christian service be worldwide if our leadership was continuously continually feeling that, that affirmation and support? 
and so that's a big part of, of even through interviews like this. You know, I often say, if you can hear my voice right now, maybe God's tapping you on the shoulder to be that voice of encouragement. What does that look like? You know, it's it's a note. It's a gift card. It's a bag, a bag of cookies. It's, a, it's an opportunity to say, Pastor, you know what you said this past week? Here's how it impacted my life. And I just wanted to share it with you. It really made a difference to me. Yeah. Encouragement has exponential results to it. And, and so we're trying to build that, the value of preventive care and prayer support through tours and through, through conventions like this. Well, Andy, I'm sure you're aware that in October is uh, designated as Pastor Appreciation Month, and many churches do spend special time highlighting and encouraging and maybe giving their pastor and wife a you know, weekend away or some tangible gift to show their love and appreciation. And, and that's great, but we're talking about an ongoing, constant thing, not just in one month, but throughout the year that the pastor, I just had a, a pastor, a young pastor friend of mine, three-year-old son died. I mean, just quickly died. And they get those calls at midnight to go help minister to people who have lost a loved one or who have been in a tragic car accident and go to the hospital to pray, to walk away from a grieving family at the graveside. This is part of, of what they do constantly, but then they have the unexpected in their own lives, you know, their own family members that, that face mm-hmm. tragedy and, and difficult things they have to go through. So this is so important. I mean, this is so very important because I heard recently the statistics of pastors getting discouraged and quitting giving up is so huge you know i mentioned earlier that that we're 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 out to reach the parishioners to the to the view from the pew so to speak that there's so much more going on than you realize okay it's not a 9 to 12 job on sunday mornings and the and the impact that just by nature of being on call, of being available, the impact that has on our pastors' families, that's something that's become very near and dear to me, is helping people understand, look beyond what you see. And, and I said I wanted to share a story with you. Yeah. Just to help illustrate this point, and again, if you're listening to this, just try and put yourself in this role. But a couple of years ago, I spoke at a church, and while I was waiting, I was watching, there was, there was a woman in front of me that was texting somebody else, presumably in the congregation, and she was upset that there was a, a a young person on the stage that wasn't dressed super appropriately. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't provocative. It was just maybe kind of sloppy. And she was commenting about how disrespectful it is for these kids to be up in front of the stage and not wearing the right clothes. Now, what she doesn't know is this person was was the son of the of the worship pastor at this church. What she doesn't know is the worship pastor there has two other children that he can barely keep out of rehab. And the fact that this one was on the stage at all, we should be celebrating that, okay? We should be praising God that this that this young person is up praising, leading praise and worship. Whether or not they have shoes on, whether or not their shirt tails out, that's not really the main thing. Yeah. But we don't see that. And the problem in that is a con- sort of a compound problem. The worship pastor doesn't really have the freedom to be transparent because we expect him to have a perfect family. We expect him to have perfect kids. And if they're not... The rumor mills and the circulation travels far and wide. He doesn't have the freedom to share that because maybe he's going to lose his job if they find out his kids aren't perfect. Which, by the way, your pastor's kids aren't perfect either, <laughs> just like mine. And, and if you have children, you know the, the case. That's true. But the thing is, this woman doesn't understand all that because we've, we've created this divide where we can't allow the transparency there. And because she doesn't understand, doesn't see it, she only comments on what she sees. And so those are the kind of things that my challenge would, would just be there's so much more going on 
Start by praying for your leaders. Instead of complaining, turn that into a prayer and a prayer of care. Maybe God will show you something. Maybe God will change your heart. But we want to change that culture from criticism to a culture of care. Wendy, as a ministry, how do you engage pastors on the day-to-day? I mean, you know, weekly, how do you provide these getaway times? How do you get pastors yeah, together? What do you do? Energized Ministries, that, that's our ministry. We're based out of Winston-Salem in North Carolina. In that area, we provide direct encouragement, refreshment, and still recreational outings. The roots of our ministry are in providing all kinds of unique recreation. We still do that through one, two, and three-day retreats. We have a retreat center actually in southern part of Virginia that uh, last year we had about 250 pastors that came through there for for one, two, and three-day retreats. Those are those are particular uh, like study retreats family and marriage retreats, and then team building and staff retreats. Those are the sort of the four categories that, that we allow. Everything in our ministry is provided as a gift. It's free of charge. We always say we can't be a gift of appreciation if there's any strings attached to it. And so that helps us with, with credibility and a trustworthiness among there. But on a national level, we work through Christian radio stations such as yours that uh, we're consistently trying to build what we refer to as an ever-growing army of believers that are committed to reinvesting in the lives of their leadership. That's through, we send out a daily text, if, if I can mention that. Yes, it's, uh, sure. If you text the word PASTOR to 74574, they'll we'll give you an opportunity to sign up for a daily or a weekly text, and it's a way that you can be praying for your pastor. We do uh, pastor appreciation contests where we'll share stories like we are just talking about, and, and we'll give away a unique retreat. Maybe it's to our lodge. Maybe it's to an amusement park or concert tickets or a weekend getaway. But we, we partner with stations like yours to give away something unique in exchange for interview time, just like this, to say, you know what? Maybe you can be the one right now to be that voice of encouragement. You might be the one that, that makes a difference today, and that encouragement may last the next several weeks. Exactly. And it absolutely makes a difference, as well as your prayer support. Wendy, you mentioned when you were talking about some of the ministry outreach at the center you were talking about, marriage, family marriage. The pastor's wives can be some of the most isolated, lonely individuals in the church. They're the sounding board usually when the pastor comes home if he's dealing with the frustration of a disconnect in his church and he's trying to work through something, you know. And it can be a very lonely place. So this is another key part. As you look at the ministry of the pastor, their wives. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The first couple of years, you know, we started small. It was literally just me by myself at first. Now, now our ministry is still small. There's about five or six of us that work out of our home office. But uh, in the last couple of years, we've really made concerted efforts to reach into the wives and families. And so several times a year, we will, we will host wives brunches or spouse brunches right then. We do family retreats as well. I, I think it's uh, just to share another story to help. I really am passionate about sharing this dynamic. Oh, okay? I love it. No, there, that's what we there's, want. Yeah. there's so much going on that you don't see. And literally just yesterday in this convention right here, I was talking with a guy that was asking about what we do, and, and he shared a story about he provided a vacation. They're in the, in the vacation business. And he said, yeah, I've provided a vacation. We had a cancellation last minute to go on this trip, and so we offered it to my pastor. And I thought, oh, that's great, you know. And he says, and then about a week later, we had another opportunity for that pastor to lead devotions during this trip. And so we got him to lead the devotions. Now, he was excited about it, okay? But let me show you a little bit more about what goes on. This pastor, let's call him Joe, okay? I don't know who it was, but Joe came home and told his wife. He said, hey, guess what? Like, this parishioner in our church offered us this great vacation. 
and the wife has been a pastor's wife for a long time, and she's a little bit skeptical. She says, well, what's the, what's the catch, okay? Like, am I going to be able to spend time with you on this vacation? Oh, no, it's just great. I had a cancellation. It's full, full, full gift to us, okay? So she starts to get a little excited about it. Well, then a week later, unintentionally, this same guy says, hey, the guy that was going to do devotions canceled out. Would you mind doing that? And the pastor thinks, well, sure, I'll do that, okay? But what's he going to say to his wife who now realizes oh, we had this vacation, but my husband's going to be working on that, and I'm not going to get to spend every day with him right there. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I could delve into that a lot it, deeper, but like you understand. To, totally. It's almost like going to a timeshare, and you think you're getting a free vacation, go away for a weekend, right. but then you've got to spend four right. hours in a meeting you know, right. to hear about how bad you are for not signing up for their timeshare. Yeah, and, it, and it's often unintentional, but, but to take that a step further, a few months ago I read a Facebook post from a daughter of a, of a pastor, and she was telling a little rhyme story about something that she's now 35 years old. And she said, this is how her post started. She said, I'll never forget the day. I was 14 years old and I came home. We were having lunch and I got that phone call about what was wrong with the skirt that I wore. She said, somehow I had made the boys at church chase after me. Again, what happened during that day, their lunch got interrupted by somebody that came complaining about what the pastor's daughter was wearing. Okay, She said, I never wore that skirt again, even though it was the only thing I ever got that was new. Living in a pastor's home, everything was hand-me-downs. Her mom had made this new skirt, but at some point it came above her knee. This girl is now 21 years later and still remembering the damage that was done by that one comment right there. There's so many ripple effects, and and this wow. the thing as you, yeah. as the thing is as you know, Byron, like like Satan is a master at taking little tiny things, well intended things, and twisting them around and having ripple effects that are damaging sometimes decades later. That's the reason we're here to talk to your audience right now, guys. Listen to what we're talking about. Be the one to turn that around and be the voice of encouragement. Lift your value of prayer because your pastors and their families need it. You talk about praying for our pastors, Andy. Is there a guideline or some steps or ways so we can be real specific in how to pray for our pastors and not just saying, God bless our pastor, God protect our pastor, God help our pastor not to preach a boring sermon on Sunday? Really, are there some guidelines that Energize Ministries provides us that we can be better prayer warriors for our pastor? Uh, totally is. You can find some of those on our website. It's energizedministries.com. We put out on Facebook. Facebook, uh, it's Energized Mission under Facebook. We do it. We're pretty active there about putting those kind of things out. But um, here's, the, here's like, I guess I want to make one request. If you're listening right now and you could contact your pastor and say, Pastor, is there a way I can be praying for you specifically? You have no idea how important and impactful that would be. Yeah. I want to share one other quick story. Two years ago, we were on the way back. It wasn't from, from NRB where we're at now, but on the way back to North Carolina from Nashville. And we stopped in at a church in the mountains of North Carolina decent-sized church, 800 or so people. And as we pulled in there, we pulled in just to pray for that pastor. One of the guys on our bus knew about it, and we pulled in there, and the pastor came out with tears, and he said, in 35 years of my ministry here, no one has ever come in here to pray for me. Okay? You know how like how critical that is to be covering your leadership? And so you asked specifically how. Yeah. I would say three things. The first is their personal protection right there, okay? The enemy is chasing down our leadership. My own pastor committed suicide, which was an unbelievably catastrophic event, not just in our church, but through our community and the collateral damage that happened because of that. We don't need to get into the reasons for it, but 
his widow will tell you now, we needed to be able to pray or to ask for the prayers of other people, and they didn't feel like they had the freedom to do that. But pray for personal protection. Pray for purity in their, in their marriage right there, in their, in their families and in their environments. And then the third one would be pray for unity through the communities. You know, there, there's so many pastors that are divided by denominational guidelines or, or lines and things like that. We want to see that happen. You know, our ministry is non-denominational. Stipulation is if you preach and teach out of the Bible, then we want to help you right there. Yeah. So pray for those things. Unity, promotion, protection, and provision. Those are, those are the way we answer the question. The bus we're in right now, is this bus designed just for the convention here? Has this bus been on the road traveling around getting the message <laughs> yep. out? Yeah, so we, uh, we do a lot of uh, sort of one-off events, but every year we do what's called the Summer Pray for Your Pastor Tour. And we spend about three weeks targeting different geographical areas of the country. We'll visit with radio stations like yours. They will oftentimes put us in touch with churches, and we'll go strictly to the churches with with gifts. We have have little gift bags we take out with practical things, gifts of appreciation, some love gifts. We'll spend 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, just praying for the staff right there and say, we're here on your behalf. We're advocating for your own care, and this is what God's called us to do. And so, like, last summer, I guess, we were in Louisiana, it was at a new church. Sometimes we make impromptu visits at churches. And we pulled in there, and literally there was a girl came running out of the office. And she said, I don't know what you're doing here, but I know we need it. <laughs> and it was one of the most anointed visits of our whole trip. And we hadn't even planned it. We literally just got off the highway and said, you know what? Like, Lord, take us to a church here, and let's see what happens. And it was really fantastic. Oh, I love so. it. Well, give me some more stories as you traveled around and some of the responses. I'll give you another one. We were in Idaho. It was way, way out there. The church that we went to see, the pastor was gone. It was miscommunication or something. So as, as we're sitting in the parking lot getting ready to leave, and, and you know how it is now. We've got GPS to take us from one to another. There's a guy comes up and knocks on the window. He said, hey, what's this all about? I said, are you a pastor? And he says, yeah, I'm the youth pastor here. I said, all right. So we kind of shut down. Got out with some gifts and, and spent a little just one-on-one time with him, okay? And this is, this is a picture-perfect example of how our ministry is supposed to work. As I find out, it just so happens that the guy that was on staff that was mentoring this young man, this youth pastor, was, had resigned that day. And he was heartbroken over it. There were some issues. So I personally spent 15 minutes just praying for this guy. And later that night, we made a Facebook post on our page about, hey, this guy's name is Jackson Whitehurst. I'll tell you what his name was because he's become a good friend of ours. I said, would you guys just pray for Jackson Whitehurst? He's had a, had a hard time. It's been a rough day. And we tagged him in the photo. I asked him if we could do it. He said, sure. Well, Jackson's wife shared that photo. There were 50-some people that commented on that from Jackson's church saying, Jackson, we love you. We're praying for you. Stay in there. It was a kind of encouragement that we want to see happen regularly. Listen, again, if you're listening right now and you have the opportunity to say something positive and encouraging to your pastor, to you know, your children's youth, senior adult, worship pastor, they all need it, okay? Psychologists will tell you it takes seven compliments to overcome the effects of one criticism. And I don't know about you, but I spend my whole life trying to be encouraging, and I can always find more things to be critical about than I can encouraging. Oh, that's so good, Andy. What a good word. And now, again, as you travel in the bus we're in right now, what's the team like? Who travels with you? For that summer bus tour, it's usually my family that comes along because we're three weeks together. That's a long time. 
But uh, other on other events, we work with a Christian music organization where we host pastor receptions for them. So there'll be about eight of us that will travel in this thing. We're, we're, we're kind of sitting on a couch. I know, you, I know you can't see it, but we've got some couches in the front here right now, and we'll adjust this and put bunk beds in here in the front, and this thing becomes pretty versatile for some <laughs> of those. But, but part of that is we'll host prayer events for pastors or uh, these coliseum-type events. Yeah. Same thing, we'll give out some gifts. We call them the Cheesecake Pastor Receptions. So they literally get Cheesecake Factory Cheesecake to come out, and we'll pray for them, but then we'll get them in groups of two or three to pray for each other, and we will encourage them, and, and pretty emphatically, to say, look, like I, maybe I just met you at this thing, and, and you show me a way that I can be praying for you. Well, I want to get your cell number, and at least over the next seven days, I want to remind you every day that I'm praying for these things. We encourage the bill. We, we have a hashtag called Community Unity, and so we encourage these guys to stay connected. Maybe it's a, it's a Presbyterian pastor praying for a Baptist pastor or the Baptist one praying for a Pentecostal pastor. Yeah. But there again, it's just if we can help build bridges in communities and support for each other, that's what we want to do. And what determines your destination where you go? Do you get invited by folks to come, or do you just kind of flip a coin and maybe spin a globe and well, put your finger on the map? I, I tell you, it's both, okay? <laughs> the summer tour is often through invitation from other radio stations. We'll ask them, who would you like us to go see? Where are some pastors that need some encouragement? And they may or may not know we're coming. There's other parts that we call it spirit-led. In fact, in fact, our board, a couple of times a year, they'll say, Andy, you know, we need to have a line item on here that says, Andy's spirit-led adventures right here. <laughs> so that comes into play also. But sometimes those are the best ones, yeah. you know. So, so we really have had some heartfelt conversation. We made some good friends that way. It's actually how we got introduced to Bot Radio, yeah. one, of, one of those kind of like connections of a connection there. Well, so. I got connected with you because I was outside the bus here at the convention hall, and I ran into Mr. Bot on his scooter, was just outside visiting yeah. with you 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 know the bots and have hung out with them in the past well they're believers in recreation also they are like they work hard they have a great ministry going but uh, they also know how to play hard too so well andy bowersox thank you so much for what you're doing for christ's kingdom and sharing with us about energized ministries if listeners want more information if they want to know how to connect with you maybe help support what you do how can they do that our ministry is actually we never ask about that like we count on the lord to provide every penny that we need we don't have a revenue stream so if the lord does lay on your heart to help us you can go to energizedministries.com and we count on that facebook is our most active social media platform it's just energized ministries we do have uh i don't even know what the instagram and twitter ones are you can find us somehow on there but the website is energizedministries.com been a pleasure to be on here with you. Thank you so much, Andy. Well, friends, as we come to you from Proclaim 18, this is the 2018 National Religious Broadcasters Convention here in Nashville, Tennessee. Having a great time meeting so many different ministries. Thank you for stopping by. That's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.